Hello there. You're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? It's me again. Um, yes. We, we, by we, I mean I, clearly, I am stuck in John, like, and I am loving it, but I am just planted in John and reading through John and loving John. I'm just seeing it with totally new eyes for a lot of different things, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really enjoying like just, just soaking in John again. Um, and all this kind of started like, yeah, again, with the once they'd always say, getting into the conversations, getting back into the scripture, but really just changing my prayer language to be more of encountering the presence of God as I read. Like I, I want to, I want to always be chasing after him. It's great. The, 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 the hand of God is amazing, but the face of God is the destination. That is where I want to get to. Um, and there's just a, ever since the awe of God awakening I had with my Corrupt Convictions podcast, the awareness that I would misplace some convictions, and that's not, I've thrown all my convictions out by any stretch, but there is the, that, that whole moment really made me aware of the awe of God type stuff. Um, and the awe of God, like where I was being very familiar with the Lord, where I was being very complacent with my position of him, very familiar and comfortable. And I would say lazy, you know, like not like before he's anything, he's Lord before he's my savior. He's Lord. You know, we, we are very quick to put him in a box of our own understanding that we feel comfortable and familiar with. And I just, I just don't want to get comfortable there. I want to never forget his lordship, who he is. And that's been really my prayer language as I I read the Bible. Like, Lord, I want to encounter you here. I want to hear your words. I want to hear your thoughts for me through your words. And it's changed how I read the Bible. Um, I don't read for a a check mark. I kind of give myself the freedom to read until I feel satisfied versus reading, I need to read a certain amount of chapters. You know, I used to be very much, I got to read, you know, one proverb, five Psalms, and then at least, uh, you know, a, a good chunk of a book. Cause then I knew I'd get Psalms and Proverbs done every month. And that was kind of my own little micro goal. If you read five Psalms a day, that's the whole book in a month. And one proverb day, that's the whole book in a month. And I still like reading a proverb a day. I, I really enjoy Proverbs. So I still do that. But I don't have the, the, I have to check that, like, I have to do these things. I just go by, well, hey, what do I want to, what do I want to experience today? And Lord's been really good. And I've kind of been just stuck in John, like just, I'm not sprinting through it. I'm kind of really taking my time and going through the stories and really trying to experience the stories differently, see them differently. And, and stories that I'm very familiar with that I want to hear again. But I want to remove the familiarity and remove the I've heard this so many times and really dive into what's it saying that I'm missing that I've just glossed over because I know it. Um, Last week, we talked about the the Mary and Martha 
meter, or I, I call it, I think I, I think I call it an offensive odor, um, how we're quick to stop the Lord's miracles because of an offensive odor, we think. You know, we, we don't want to be uncomfortable with the situation, so we kibosh it. And I, I, I'm still processing that, and I'm still trying to get better at that. But it made me kind of think about the word again, and and I want to stay in John, and I want to go to a story that I just think I just rediscovered about how beautiful it is, like how beautiful the story is, and how I missed it, like the the, the person, the character of God in this moment. I just oh, I missed it. And it was the healing of the blind man. And this is John chapter nine. Like, like, like we're very, like, again, it's so funny how we get so comfortable with these stories and we hear them and we've heard them preached and we just kind of settle into the, the nuts and bolts of it. And this is the story and this is blah, blah, blah. And I, uh, maybe not you, but me, I, I'll just start familiarizing with, with the cliff note version of the story, like the like this is the healing of the, the, the blind man. You know, there's a guy who was blind. Yeah, this is the one where Jesus rubbed mud on his eyes and said, go take a bath. <laughs> ah, I do love that part. Like, go take a bath and be healed. And then like, you know, the Pharisees are like, oh, who healed you? He's like, I don't know, I was blind. What are you going to talk about? And then, you know, he that, that that's kind of where we, we land on that story. It's like the parents are brought in. And that's kind of how I've always jotted it. Like, that's the one where he healed with mud. You know, of all the ways he healed blind people, that's the one where he healed with mud. And I, I'm i missing so much of that story by just putting it into the box of, oh, that's the, the spit on the ground, made mud eyes. Like, ew, gross. Like, <laughs> ah, I'm like, you know, like, do you did you have to spit on the ground? You know what I mean? Did you have to make mud and throw my eyes? Like, there were other ways, Lord. You could have just healed me. Why did you do it the way you did it? And that's the part that I'm trying to really uncover for myself is the heart of the Lord in these stories. Because we have to understand that this is written for us, specifically for us to receive it. And all of us get to receive this differently. Like how I talked about it last time, like how you're reading the word is a real barometer of where your faith is at, where your heart posture is at. If there's excitement in the words and excitement in the page, I mean, there's probably excitement in your walk right now. There's excitement in your faith and expectation of your faith, which is where I want to be at constantly. But if these words are bland, then I really need to question where my heart is at. Like, am I, am I, am I, what am I doing to make these words bland? Because these words are not bland. These words are not dull. These words are amazing. And I, I, it even says so. Like, I love, like, so... Let's just get into it. So chapter nine, uh, while he was passing by, and again, I always tell people, but I don't know why I tell people because I, I get it. I read from the Amplified. I, I love the Amplified. There's a lot of versions of the Bible I really like. You know, I'm a new King James guy. You know, <laughs> I like new King James a lot, but I really enjoy the passion for the New Testament and I love the Amplified. Um, I really, I just like reading it that way. I don't know. Uh, so whatever Bible you prefer. So if you're reading along, <laughs> we will begin today's lecture in John chapter nine. And so while he was passing by, he noticed a man who had been blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, Rabbi, teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And that's the, 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 the crazy part about 
that culture was they believed that the sin was a curse of your sin, which is a bummer because like, like not sin was a curse, like, like your infirmities were a curse, like bling blind was a, a, a sin curse that you did either you or your parents, you know what I mean? And we kind of take for granted that, well, they're kind of right, but it's not him or his parents. It's Adam. Adam sinned. There was no blindness in the garden. There was no sickness in the garden. There was no infirmity in the garden. There was no want. There was no lack of anything. You were walking in the presence of God. You were clothed in righteousness. That was our design. And so while they are technically correct, like this affliction is a result of sin, they are incorrect in attributing it to the person. It's all of us. All of our sin is responsible for his blindness. All of our sin is responsible for his infirmity. And that's just such a, you know, that, that's like all of our sin. It wasn't his sin or their sin or other sin. Like, don't get me wrong. There, like, there is accountability for your sin. But in, like his blindness was, was a result of the original sin, the sin in the garden. But they were applying it. They misapplied the application of whose fault it was. And I think it's a bummer because you're like, hey, dude, you sin. Therefore, you're blind. It's like, man, I didn't, you know, I'm just sitting here, bro. I didn't have a choice in this. And the parents like, bro, I, you know, we didn't sin. I don't think maybe, but maybe they did. We'll see as we keep reading. Um, so his disciples asked him, you know, is, is it his parents or him? Or like, why is he blind, dude? It's gotta be, there's gotta be a fault here, you know, Adam. Um, and so this is the part I love that I never read it this way before, but the part I love, it says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed and illustrated in him. Like, so this entire story, his entire existence, I believe was for us, us in the Bible and us in this time, like, like his whole entire life is a perfect culmination of an exemplified, like just to show us the heart of the father and the, the culture of the day and how they were so different and how they had just grown so far apart. And it's such a beautiful story. Uh, and so I uh, so love it. I love it. So here it goes. So uh, verse four, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, giving guidance through my words and works. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with his saliva and spread the mud like an ointment on the man's eyes. Come on, bro. Come on, <laughs> you know, like there's other ways, but he chose the mud. And so like, I, this is the part of the story where I just, this is historically where I just got lost. Like, oh, okay. This is, this is the mud spit eye moment. Way to go. Here you go. But there's, there's just so much to this, right? So he did that. And then he says, go wash, you know? And if you don't realize the pool that he sent them to, um, uh, was it the pool of uh, Siloam? Siloam, someone who's Hebrew, correct me, please. But whatever, he goes to the pool. Well, it wasn't like that pool was like next door. He wasn't like, hey, I'm blind and three feet away from me is a pool. Because we know that guy, you know, that, that other pool situation where everyone jumps in. This wasn't it. Like it was, it was, it was a grip away. It was a, a little bit of a hike. For a blind dude, it was definitely a hike. You know what I mean? It wasn't right there. So he had to walk like some 50, 100 yards kind of through a rugged terrain, stairwell type situation to get to that pool, which is again, like, bro, Jesus, what are you doing here, man? And so he does, and then he gets healed, right? And everyone's like, bro, 
Who's that blind dude seeing again? Is that Charlie? Dude, that's not Charlie. Charlie's blind. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's me. I'm Charlie. What up, dude? I can see you. Hey, hey, hey. He's trying to say hi to everybody. And everyone's like, that can't be him. It looks just like Charlie. Though. I love that part. Like, Someone said, is it he? Schiller said, no, but it looks like him. But he kept saying, I am the, I am the man. Like, that's so, I love that. Like, he's begging, like, they're like, oh, bro, that can't be Charlie. And he's like, dude, it's me, Charlie. Hey, guys, like, what's up? I can see. Oh, my God, how amazing. And they're all lost in the fact that, like, I mean, it kind of looks like Charlie. <laughs> imagine, imagine saying that to him, like, Bro, I mean, like, you know me wrong. You look a lot like a guy I used to know. Um, but he was blind, and you're not blind, so therefore, you know, ipso facto, you're not Charlie. And he's like, bro, it's me, Charlie. Like, I'm talking to you right now. Like, my voice hasn't changed. My appearance hasn't changed. I just, I can see you now, so I don't know why you're being weird. Stop being weird. It's me, Charlie. <laughs> and I just love that banter with them back and forth. Like, it kind of looks like him, but... <laughs> oh, the Lord of the God. It's such cool to read the Bible like this. Anyway, so... His neighbors, everyone, like, they're like, oh, I mean, you get me. It's kind of, it, it is, it kind of looks a lot like Charlie. Um, uh, and so they're like, oh, hey, uh, what happened? And so he's like, like, dude, some man called Jesus made mud and smeared it on my eyes and told me to go, go wash. And so I did. Now I can see. I <laughs> have my sight, dude. I don't, what do you want me to tell you? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is he spit on ground, made mud. On my eyes, said bathe, boom, Bob Drunkle, here I am, I can see, what's up, bro, what are we doing? Where are we going? I wanna go everywhere, I wanna see everything, you know? Uh, and they're like, well, where is he? And he's like, what part of that story did you miss, dude? He told me to go wash, I don't I don't know, I couldn't see, I was blind, now I can't see, I don't know where he went. I, I, I wasn't responsible for that part, <laughs> I did my job, and now I can see, I acted in faith, went and washed, now I'm here, and they're like, oh boy. And this is the this is the crazy part. Obviously, this was done on the Sabbath. And this is where the Pharisees get all sorts of in a in a tissy about this. Uh, so they're like, how like, you know, the spirit of religion, dude, it's so brutal. Like, how dare he heal this man on a Sabbath? Like, you know, so the Pharisees asked, asked this dude again. And he said, and this is uh, verse 16, or verse 15, I'm sorry. And he said, He smeared mud on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. Like, he's just trying to, like, you know what I mean? Like, imagine being Charlie, and I don't know why I call him Charlie, but his Charlie in this, in this story. Imagine being Charlie, and you're just like, you're in, you're just blown away by the healing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you're trying to, like, explain to people, like, do you get it? I've been blind since birth. I've never been able to see. And this man, who I don't know, rubbed dirt on my eyes, rubbed mud on my eyes, told me to go bathe. And I did, and now, and now I can see. And, and you guys are, are asking me questions like, like how did it happen? I, I, I don't know what to tell you except what happened. His name was Jesus. He rubbed mud on my eyes. He told me to bathe. I did, and now I can see. Like, why are we not talking about that? What, what, why are you talking about the fact that it was a Sabbath? Why are you not talking about the fact that I can see? Like, why are we focusing on the wrong part of the story? But that's what they were doing. And then he's like, you know, the Pharisees are like, this man cannot be from God because, you know, he, he didn't keep the Sabbath. Like, they're like, well, how dare he heal on the Sabbath? Again, this repeated theme of the Pharisees is so brutal. Like, this religious spirit. And it's it, it's brutal because it exists to this day. We, we, we put things into the box of our understanding of our faith or whatever. But it, it, we, if we still do this, that's, that pharisaical, I don't know if that's a right word. Is that a word? Pharisaical? Can someone spell check that <laughs> the, the the spirit of the pharisee is alive and well in today's culture like in, in faith 
we just don't call it that, but it's a spirit of religion, like the spirit of doing things a certain way. Uh, just not allowing Jesus to do what he does, do what he does is, is just, ah, oh, it's brutal. Um, but, but I love Charlie, like Charlie's my hero in this story. And I'll explain why, um, as we go. So verse 17, accordingly, they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And Charlie just being straight up honest was like, it must be that he's a prophet. He's a prophet. He must be like, there's no other option. I was blind, now I see. Like, if A plus B equals C, boom. Like, what are we talking about, guys? I, he's a prophet. And again, verse 18. However, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the man's parents. Again, he's like, that's not Charlie, dude. That's a, that's a plant. That's not Charlie. Dude, get people that know him in here. I mean, it looks like Charlie. <laughs> the whole court. I mean, is that Charlie? I mean, you know. And this is the part that hurts my heart so much is they called his parents in. They called in his parents. Like, bro, get his sinful mom and dad in here immediately. We need someone to testify, right? So they bring in the parents. I'm like, oh, is this your son who you say was born blind? Like, was he even born blind or was this been a, like an elaborate ruse for 20, 30 years, you know? Um, and how does he see now? And so his parents, we know that is our son and that he was born blind. These are the things that we know. That's our son and he was born blind. But as asked that now how he sees, we do not know. Or who has opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him and stop asking us. He is of age. He will speak for himself and give his own account of it. And that just hurt my heart so much reading that again. Because it says in verse 23, because his, uh, because, um, uh, I'm sorry, verse 22 says, his parents said this because they were afraid of the leaders of the Jews. For if the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged Jesus to be the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue, excommunicated. In verse 23, because of this, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Imagine that, dude. Imagine you're Charlie and like you've just been given sight. You've just been given the most amazing miracle that you will ever experience in your life next to salvation. You've been given that. And everyone's against you everyone's attacking you and your own parents are hanging you out to dry like they were more scared of losing their synagogue than celebrating the healing of their son like what they were more scared of the opinions of man than acknowledging that their son had been healed like their son who couldn't see, their son that was an example of their sin. Like let's fit, like that, that's what's like their son's blindness was their fault or his fault. And since he was born blind, it was their fault. So Jesus healing him removed their sin. You know what I mean? Like 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 by proxy, like their condemnation of his blindness in that culture was now also gone. And they did nothing with it. They didn't celebrate it. There's no word here of them like hugging him, being happy for him. They were terrified of offending the religious spirit. So terrified that they didn't even acknowledge their son who was now healed. And it just breaks my heart. How do we do that? Like, are we, do we not acknowledge the Lord and his goodness because it, 
might make us seem off-putting to people. You know, like, oh, man, imagine not, like, like, imagine how long he was blind. From birth, he's just sitting there. You know what I mean? And his parents are just, they're not even taken aback by the goodness of the God to heal him. They're like, ask him. We don't know. Yeah, that's our son. Yeah, he sees now, but we're not giving you any information about that. Talk to him, dude. He's an adult. Like, like talk to him. Like, how? Oh, if you're Charlie, like, are you not broken? Like, are you not broken? Like, mom, dad, I'm healed. Like, what are you? Like, I'm, I'm whole. The sin that was plaguing me or you or our family because of my illness, according to our culture, is gone. Like, embrace me. Embrace me. Like, embrace your son. It's me, Charlie. Like, I'm not someone else. It's me, Charlie. Like, what are you doing? Why are you hanging me out to dry? Why aren't you in my corner? Why aren't you celebrating this? But you're scared of the Pharisees, so you're just going to abandon me? Like, like they had to go get the parents. So it wasn't like he was around. They were around anyways. You know what I mean? They had to go get the parents. And like, dude, Charlie's just getting duffed up by reality, by society right now. Like he's, This is supposed to be the most amazing moment in his life. And it's just being, oh, accusation, accusation. His parents is like, whatever, dude, you talk to him. Let us know how that goes for you. But you talk to him. And I'm like, oh, it breaks your heart. Like, dude, Charlie's just like, by himself in front of everyone and everyone's looking at him with like accusatory eyes and who are you and everything else but this is where charlie is the hero he's a hero in the story and i love that his whole story is so we can identify with charlie all right so a second time this is verse 24 so a second time they called the man who had been born blind and said to him give god glory and praise for your sight we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner separated from God. And this is the verse we all know. But, oh, Charlie, dude. Charlie, what a, dude, what an awesome guy. Then he answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner separated from, from God. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Charlie's like, you know what you're not going to take away from me is my testimony. You know what you're not going to do is convince me that I am still blind. That I was healed through demonic power. That none of this is according to God's will. You will not convince me of that and nor will I say that. Because you can't deny my sight. Like Charlie's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're talking about. But I know I can see. And that man did it. That man, Jesus, is the reason I'm looking at you right now and you can't deny that. You want me to deny a miracle as, as it came from something else. I will not do that because here I am looking at you and like, bro, high five Charlie all around. You know what I mean? Like if no one else is going to stand up for Charlie, Charlie's not going to not stand up for Jesus. You know what I mean? Like everyone else is scared of the Pharisees and so they would acknowledge Jesus. Charlie's like, no, bro. No, I am looking at you right now. Though I was blind, now I see. And not only do I see it, I see your awful spirit. Like you're, like all of you are awful, I see it. My eyes have been opened both physically and spiritually because Charlie about turns it on. And this is where Charlie gets rolling. I love Charlie because he get, becomes defiant in front of them. Like he gets his 
spiritual sight and knows the, the priority and the value. And so verse 26, so they say to him, what did he actually do to you? How did he open your eyes? And Charlie, just being an absolute knucklehead, goes, <laughs> goes, he answered, I already told you and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again and again? And this is where he just jabs him. Do you want to become his disciples too? <laughs> He's like, bro, you guys trying to be disciples? I, I know the guy. He healed me, so I can hook you up. I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. But you keep asking me to repeat this stuff. Why? I've told you and told you and told you. It's me, Charlie. I'm healed. Jesus did it. Boom. You deal with that. You know what I mean? Put that in your pipe and nugget. You know what I mean? Like it's such an amazing moment. And at that, and this is 28, the Pharisees get all bent out of shape. And at that remark, they storm at him and jeered. You are his disciple, but we are our disciples of Moses. We know for certain that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he is from. And Charlie just, I mean, the Holy Spirit wasn't available then, but I got, I got to believe there's something about this section that Charlie was just meant for. He was meant for, and it was meant for us. Because he goes, verse 30, Charlie replied, I say Charlie, but the man replied, but I'm going Charlie. <laughs> anyway, it says, well, this is astonishing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. Oh, I mean, what a, you don't know where he comes from, yet I'm seeing. How amazing. How dare you, you know what I mean? And it says, we know, according to your tradition, that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone fears God and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything like this because God would not hear his prayers. Like he's just ripped the entire the entire religious spirit out of the Pharisees' hearts there. Like, what are you talking about? Like, according to our own tradition, Satan doesn't heal blind people. The devil doesn't heal blind people. This man did. According to our own beliefs, this man is operating from the God because God answers the prayers of those who believe in him and hears the prayers of those who believe in him. And he healed me. So according to our own tradition, he has to be a man from God. What are we talking about here? Like, like, again, imagine this, these Pharisees just getting absolutely shellacked in their own court by a guy who's now seeing who's blind. They, you know what I mean? Like some just unlearned <laughs> man on the street. And these Pharisees are getting rocked in front of everyone. And then they do the unthinkable. You were born entirely of sins. This is the Pharisees. Verse 34. They answered him. You were born entirely in sins. Oh my God. So brutal. Um, from head to foot. And you presume to teach us? Like, how dare you lecture us, you sinner? Then they threw him out of the synagogue. They excommunicated him. The, the fear of his parents, the fear of everyone back then, because it wasn't like there was another church. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, you can go to this other church down the street. They're practicing. They have they have three services. You can catch the third one. I mean, there, we didn't have that option back then. There was just the church, the synagogue. That was it. So for Jewish, for Jewish people, like that, that was it, dude. Like you couldn't be excommunicated. Like the fear of that was so great. Like if you're outside of the synagogue, you can't get healing. You know what I mean? You can't go make sacrifices and get in right standing with the Lord. So this was serious. And Charlie just gets dumped, man. He gets, I mean, talk about a day, dude. Talk about a day. He goes from being blind to seeing, to his friends not believing who he is, to being accused of all these things, to like, 
His parents saying, you talk to him. We don't want to talk to him. We're not going to defend him. To being thrown out of the faith that he clearly knows more about than the Pharisees. Can you imagine, Charlie? Can you imagine being that dude? Like, what happened? I've spent my whole life not seeing. And then this man, Jesus, comes and I don't even know who he is, dude. I don't know. I I never saw him. Like, do you get it? I never saw him. Like, can you imagine him being in that spot? Like, bro, I never saw him. I just heard his name. And this happened. I went and washed. I don't know who he is, dude. But like, I can't deny what he did. I don't have to see him. I'm standing before you as evidence of who he is and what he did. But I don't know him. I, I don't. I don't know him. And because of that, he's out. Because he won't deny that his reality, his his testimony, he's out. And it broke my heart. Like like, oh my gosh, Charlie. But this is the part where I I, I fell in love all over again. Of like the 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 nature of Jesus. The heart of the Father is so perfect here. Is that what's the next verse, 35? Jesus heard that they had put him out of the synagogue and finding him, asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? Like Jesus knew they they excommunicated him. And what did he do? Just leave leave Charlie in that moment? Did, Did he leave Charlie in that place of just abandonment by his friends, his family, his church, his faith? Just left him there. No, he went and found him. Like, that's our God. That's our father. Like, in that moment, he pursued Charlie. He's like, dude, where's Charlie? I gotta find Charlie. Where's he at? And he finds him. Immediately finds him. The next scripture, he finds Charlie. Right? And so Charlie's like, who is he, sir? Tell me so that I might believe in him. Like, who is the son of man? Like, dude, let me know, bro. I don't know you. Who are you? Like, you're just a guy talking to me. No one else is talking to me. I've been excommunicated. No one's talking to me. I'm a, I'm a pariah. Like, bro, I, I don't even know if you should be talking to me right now, man. Like, I don't know if he's heard, but dude, my life's pretty rough right now. And Jesus is like, do you believe in the Son of Man? He's like, dude, who is he, bro? Let me know who he is so that I might believe. And Jesus is like, oh, so beautiful. 37, Jesus said to him, you have both seen him. And in fact, he is the one who's talking to you. And Charlie just, you can imagine Charlie, like, oh, Lord. And he said, Lord, I believe in you and your word. And he worshiped him with reverence and awe. And, oh, gosh, like, how pop. You know what I mean? Like, Charlie immediately recognized who he was in his presence and gave him all the glory. You know what I mean? Just reverence and awe, just that. Like, family, I don't care. Persecution, I don't care. None of that I care. I am now in the presence of the Son of Man. I'm going to give him everything I've got. And this is what Jesus says. I came into this world for judgment, to separate those who believe in me from those who reject me, to declare judgment on those who choose to be separated from God so that the sightless would see and those who see would become blind. And it's like the Pharisees, there were some Pharisees, it says right there, verse 40, some Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? It's like they knew, like the Pharisees knew they were blind. They knew what Jesus was, and they, their, their spirit of religion was so strong in them, they just denied it, right? They just denied it. And I'm like, oh, but Charlie, his entire life was for this story, so we would have it. We could have it and see nothing the world can throw at us is gonna separate us from, like, you know I mean? Like, like, Jesus was right there. Like, how often have we felt just abandoned by friends, family, faith, 
the word, whatever, you know, insert the thing that has hurt you. And in this moment, like there's no greater abandonment than Charlie got, dude. Like what a rough go, man. He's all, you know, he's blind his whole life. But somehow in that time, he, he discovered the word. He knew it because he preached it back to the Pharisees. Then he has this amazing moment. The best, most amazing moment of his life ends up being the most ridiculous moment where people walk away. His friends question his face. They question who he is. They question everything. His parents abandon him. All that. The Pharisees excommunicate him. And who doesn't? Like immediately the Lord, Jesus is like, let me find Charlie. I got to find Charlie. That is the first thing I'm doing is, is finding Charlie and reconfirming his identity. Giving him my identity. You are now walking with me. I am the son of man and, and, and we are together in this. Like he gave him purpose, salvation. And like, so Charlie and me is like, I'm not alone. I'm, I, I am, oh, I'm in the presence of the son of man. Like, oh, what an amazing, like, you know, like, oh, God, so good. How good is Jesus in that moment? And how good is good, how good is Jesus in every moment? But like, I never read that story from that, like that, that, that journey that Charlie was on. I always stop at mud in his eyes, go get a bath, you can see. But like that, 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 that just, oh, what he went through, man. At any moment, he could have said, all right, dude, he's a sinner, bro. I don't know. Just let me, let me go back to seeing. At any moment, he could have just bailed on Jesus and said, I, I don't know the guy, dude. I don't even know the guy and I, I don't care. I don't need to defend him, but like, whatever, you know, like say what you say, but I'm just going to go out. Like he, at any moment in time, that was a readily available option for Charlie and was being asked of him, like they said, dude, just, just rat on this dude, say he's a sinner, whatever. And, but Charlie couldn't because he knew. He couldn't deny his testimony. He couldn't deny the reality of what had happened to him. And there was no worldly persecution that they could have put in front of him that would let him do that. And that is the beauty of Charlie, the beauty of the blind man who gets his eyes who gets his sight back. And like the, the redemption of him losing it all, but finding Jesus. So he lost nothing. He gained everything. And that is the journey that we get to go through. And I'm like, oh, bro, Charlie, you're so cool. You're so awesome. Just giving it to the Pharisees. Do you want to be his disciples too? Oh. <laughs> you're going to see him just being an absolute, just thorn in the side of these Pharisees. This, this, when he gets in the scripture from like 30 to 33, when he just absolutely gives it to him, uh, you're like, this is a movie, like he'd be in the background, like a hype train. Like if this was like uh, a modern day movie, all the all of his hype men behind him, like all, oh, you know, like mic drop. You see like Charlie do that meme where the guy just fades into the background. Like just what? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Charlie is so awesome. And I, I love that I get to think about that story now completely differently. No longer is it the, the guy who had Monday's eyes. It's the man who defied the spirit of religion. The man who would sacrifice his family and his his excommunication to be in right standing with the Lord, and and that is where I want to be. Like I, that's oh god, so cool. Okay, all right. So this is good. This is done. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I'm just joking. I will not do the buy thing anymore. You guys, your your voices have been heard. Thank you so much. So I will talk to you guys later. Okay. You have been listening to a Sub Church podcast.
just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.